0: Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, amnesiac cyborgs with deadly fighting skills, brain-eating psychopaths, insane violence, long-running manga series, a faithful live-action film adaptation, and the adrenaline-high awesome sport that is known as motorball. Listener discretion is advised.
1: In manga
0: history. Hello to an episode of the Sparkin manga review, or is it the in motion picture review? We have to wait and see. This is your host, Zan, saying, Konnichiwa, Aloha, Buongiorno, and what's up?
1: Hey, it's Greta.
0: Yes, we're back for another fun filled episode, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. Every episode, we'll talk about one to two different properties or titles. It could be a movie, a manga, a TV series, a comic, whatever. And we tell you the pros and cons about or it. Or a
1: manga that has become a movie.
0: Very true. And we tell you the best things about it. We tell you how the art style is, the characters are, the plot, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to with anything that we talk about, but we try to be informative, entertaining, insightful, and most importantly, non-biased. You know, that doesn't work all the time. And if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes, you can check them out at www.spirekin.com. Also, we are on Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Tumblr. And just look up Spyrokin in your social media platform of choice and I guarantee you'll find us. And we're not on TikTok yet. And if you want to just play us in the game, we are on the PlayStation Network and the Nintendo Network playing games like Splatoon. And our new big one is, well, actually no. Splatoon and Mario Kart. We really haven't gotten into the online thing for Super Smash Bros. yet. Not yet. Soon. Stay tuned. But, like I said in the beginning, this is like... Oh, and if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at me at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spyrokin.com, or we're at Spyrokin at gmail.com. Also, tweet us at Spyrokin and follow us on Instagram. Let us... Tag us definitely if you see us at a con. it would be a lot of fun. Now... With that out, wait, let's get to the thing I was actually talking about when we started. This is going to be interesting because it's not only a manga review, it's actually a manga and a movie review. So we're combining the two, so if you look at the show notes, it's going to say episode 308 for the manga review, but slash episode 2 of the new motion picture review. Kind of interesting. It's going to fall between both of those. But the reason why is because if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only.
1: The Wii!
0: And it dictated that I'd be reviewing a manga that recently had a live-action adaptation that was released around the world. And uh, because of reasons, we had to kind of postpone the review a little bit. Sickness, evil, winter flu, things like that. But we're back and ready to go. Now, this manga that we're talking about was written by Yokito Kishiro and published by Shueisha. That means that it is released over here by Kodansha Comics and Dark Horse Comics. Now, it's just Kodansha. Uh, it is a Sennin series that was originally released in Business Jump. There's nine volumes that originally came out in 1990 to 1995, but there's several spin-off series. Um, there's the, uh, there are three spin spin-off series, plus there's an OVA, which it's interesting because the OVA is why we didn't get an anime, and it's because of a whole licensing issue. We'll get into it in a little bit. There's a video game, and there is, as I said aforementioned, there is a live-action film that came out, and the manga that we are talking about is Gunnam, or as most people know it in the U.S. and around the world in the U.K.,
1: Alita, Battle Angel.
0: Battle Angel Alita. A very fun series about a young girl known as Gali, or in English is Alita, And she's this young female cyborg who was found by Dr. Daisuke Ito in the junkyard of this city known only as the Scrapyard. Now, to get into that, it's very simple. You have the haves and have-nots, you have the Scrapyard which is on Earth, and then in the sky you have Zalem, aka Teferis. Where all the great technology is. The
1: beautiful, incredible, amazing, floating
0: city. So it's Supposedly. We don't know until later in the, in the manga. And Alita is just... And this, and Dr. Uh, Ito is looking through the garbage, finding parts. He finds an eye. He finds some skulls. And he ends up finding a two-thirds robot. Well, not two-thirds. More like one-third. The head and the chest cavity. That's it. But the brain's intact and it's alive. So he goes, he starts rebuilding this female cyborg, and he says, she, okay, she doesn't have a memory, so we'll call you Galli or Alita, depending on your version. And it's because he had a cat named Alita, and Alita died. In the manga. Yes, in the manga. And so as he's walking around, he's, he's, he's trying to rebuild her, and... You notice some things like he needs a pair of arms. And then it goes to a scene where there's this hooker bot. This hooker who has very elaborate arms with this very interesting detailed rose on it. And then suddenly you see something attack her. And then the next day you see Alita with brand new arms that have the rose emblem on it. Hmm.
1: So interesting.
0: So interesting. And she gets more body parts and gets better. And she doesn't remember anything, but she's very innocent and very nice. And he's treating her like a daughter. Eventually, it turns out that she's wondering where these parts are coming from. She hears that all these people are getting killed and Dr. Edo goes out at night. Which is really weird. So she ends up following him and sees him stalking a girl almost. He opens up his suitcase that he carries and there's a huge, awesome rocket hammer.
1: That's right. You did not hear us incorrectly. It is a rocket hammer.
0: And he goes to kill this girl and Alita says, no, don't. Turns out that he is not the murderer. He's actually a bounty hunter. The murderer was this girl he's going to kill. A huge fight happens and Alita discovers, while defending him, that she knows the ancient martial art style known as Panzerkunst, which is the cyborg super style, which is amazing. It can defeat anybody, it's pretty badass, and only certain people remember it. Oh, I completely forgot to mention that the Scrapyard and the Ferris are all that's left on Earth. Everything else has been destroyed in this big event that happened 300 years ago. No one remembers what happened, no one's been around for that long. So all that's left is...
1: That's what happens when people don't study history. Just saying.
0: Yes. And the cool thing about that, I didn't even talk about about Zalem and Ferris. Is that
1: it's not that nobody remembers it there's like snippets well rumors
0: this is the cool thing about this manga it doesn't take place in Japan it takes place in the United States specifically in Kansas City Missouri is where it's and the scrapyard is and then there's a necropolis which is in like Colorado and a couple of other places like little place like NORAD still exists but for the most part it takes place in Missouri
1: Because, Missouri. Why not? Sounds exotic.
0: I mean, eventually we find out the time this... Timetable this takes place in, which is 2533. But it takes a while. So, Alita, now that she knows that she has this super ability, she ends up saying, I'm going to become a bounty hunter. And awesomeness happens. She ends up fighting this guy named Mokaku, who eats dog brains, because he's crazy.
1: I don't like that part.
0: And it ends up becoming a huge fight, and what... What happens when she fights Makaku the first time?
1: She ends up, like... Okay, I don't want to say she loses. Because she doesn't lose, technically. But she ends up breaking her arm off. Most of her limbs, actually. um, But shoves her hand into his eyeball.
0: He kind of... After that, he kind of gets... He, like,
1: runs away a little bit. But he becomes... I don't know if I can even say this. Can I, bat shit crazy. You can edit that, right?
0: No, you can you okay. can say it.
1: He says he becomes batshit shit crazy. Wants to hunt her down.
0: But does he want to kill her?
1: He wants to capture her.
0: He falls in love with her because she's the only thing that matters to him because he's crazy.
1: That shit crazy. But he doesn't
0: want to marry her or do something sweet like that. No, he wants to rip off her arms and rip off her legs and then have her on his chest forever.
1: As a necklace. As like a totem. Like a... Like a... I don't know. All I can say is flavor Flav.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. And after... And the second time she fights him, he, she has a major upgrade. Because Dr. Ito, he's been salvaging stuff. And he found this really cr- cool armor, which is... Well, it's a bodysuit. Which is the berserker armor. He doesn't say where he finds it, but apparently it's the greatest, like, super sh- armor ever. He puts it in, her in it, and now it can adapt to her abilities. So
1: in the movie, it's a little bit different than the manga. But it, we're reviewing the manga.
0: Yes. So... She ends up kicking his ass this time. And he actually is happy that she's killing him. Because. Reasons. And then from there it goes into that. After that she meets a boy named Hugo. That's really nice. Really sweet. The love of her life. And that turns out that he's actually taking spinal columns from cyborgs. Because he needs money. Because he wants to go to. To Ferris. He wants to go to Salem. But turns out that that's not true horrible things happen and her life gets even worse so because stuff happens she ends up becoming a motorball star now motorball is the super awesome sport where cyborgs go after a ball just imagine rollerball mixed with um the roman coliseum with fanatic fans who are willing to put their arms out and these are not cyborgs mind you like regular people put their arms out so that the The motorball contestants will rip them off to beat the other people up. And they're happy their arms have been ripped off by their champion. It's like Death Race meets Motorball meets...
1: uh, It's kind of reminiscent of um, Roller Derby.
0: Yes, meets Roller Derby. And it is violent. It's like
1: Roller Derby with psychopaths that... Openly kill in front of others.
0: And Alita slowly rises to the top, and then from there, things go crazy. And we, we've we covered, actually, most of the first and second volume. And these are now omnibuses at this point. They're hard-covered. The first time you saw it, you read the first one. It was a thick omnibus, and you devoured that book.
1: I did. It was super awesome.
0: Even though it's a little gory.
1: It's a little gory, but you can skip over the gory parts fast, like the dog. Like, okay, I might have, like, skimmed that part and moved forward. Um but like the art is really beautiful it's just I know it goes it goes well she's she's endearing and she like sneakily becomes a badass in front of you so it's like I don't know like a cute manga that's totally amazing
0: but it's cool that you see that Doctor Ito when he realizes that she doesn't want to become this dainty flower. At first, he gets really upset about it, and like he bought her a dress and dress and a hat, and was like trying to make her into his little doll. But then he's like, "Okay, you don't." You, you don't. But the
1: more she fights, the more she like does stuff. She the more she feels like herself.
0: Yeah. So he becomes ends up joining her, but then he gets all jealous of her, and then things happen. It's crazy. Very cool though. Uh, so the art style is totally memorable. It's eighties tastic, but you do see evolution with the characters. You see Alita evolve from the literally just a little girl who wears just like the the, the sweatpants and the uh, what is it called Uh tank top to the hunter warrior who's wearing the trench coat and the black suit. To the motorball star who's wearing the purple armor, to uh, the military commander, like you see her evolve over time, and it's actually really fun. Badass. Uh, and for the manga itself, out of our rating system, I have to give it really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read it now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul be it to the great Zomalgoo Star. Blah ha ha. It's really, really, really fucking cool. Uh,
1: I think that. It's one of the ones you have to read. You have to read. It's just, I think it appears to everyone, there is violence. You don't really, I mean, it it is kind of gory at parts.
0: The guy who rips off people's brains and then eats them because he wants adrenaline?
1: Yeah, there's something. okay, I'm not going to lie, there's some things you really just can't unsee. Um, And usually I'm kind of a pansy when it comes to it, but I liked it. I like Delita.
0: But you have like crazy guys like the dude who drinks coffee in order to get his superpower. He's like, and the court, I'm awesome. If I drink my coffee, I can yes, punch it. But,
1: but you know what? I also, you know, resonate with that because I become super when I drink my coffee. My superpower comes out as well.
0: So would you give the same rating, different same rating? Same rating. So so you also say really, really, really fucking cool? Yes. So we both agree that this is a really, really, really fucking cool manga.
1: I'm gonna say flippin', true to character. It's really, really, really flippin' cool.
0: Now the interesting thing about this, besides that, is that well, one, like some of Yokito Kishiro's stuff, this was not originally supposed to be uh, Battle Angel Alita. Originally, way back when, she was supposed to be a cop. The original manga was she was a cop.
1: Of course, she was.
0: And she was original uh, female cyborg police officer named Galley, and the comic was called Remake. Never came out but actually if you read the second volume they actually show it. And then Shuisha liked it so much they made it into a new story. Now they made a couple of adaptations but the one that we're focusing on is the OVA. The reason why is that the OVA was watched by this little unknown director who made movies like you know The Abyss, True Lies. He made this movie about these two people on a boat where the boat's sinking slowly. And they're together even though they shouldn't survive on this boat because they're on a door. And the girl doesn't let the guy on the door because...
1: Reasons.
0: Even though they both could fit on the door to save their life. You know.
1: You know the, that unknown uh, James, James Cameron? That yep, name?
0: the guy who, no. you know, James Cameron. The guy who made uh, Aliens. Everything. The Terminator, Terminator 2, Avatar a bunch of other movies. So this guy is... He saw the anime OVA. And he said, I want to make this. So he got the licensing rights to make a did film. Did he
1: say, I want to make this? Or did he say, I want to make this better?
0: No, he wanted to make it and, and show the world it. Because it inspired him. But he kept getting different things happening. He ended up working on Titanic. He ended up becoming obsessed with making blue aliens. Who are obsessed with Unobtainium. Which... Let's be honest, that movie's overrated. I don't care what you say, it's an overrated fucking movie. But he kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And because he had the license and wouldn't give it up, that's why we don't have a new anime series based on this. Because I think this would have been a really cool anime series done if, like, Mappa did it or... We're not salty. No, we're not salty at all. But, so he eventually started decided to make it. He got a director to direct and he would produce it. Now the director is Robert Rodriguez, the guy who worked on the Mariachi trilogy, one of my favorites. He also worked on Sin City. So he's very good with hyper-violence. He's also someone who can work with a shoestring budget. So you have him, work, him directing it and then James Cameron and John Landau are producing it. So they work together to make this film, which you'd think would have been not bad, not great. But they spend a pretty penny on it. They spend $170 million, which for Robert Rodriguez, his first movie was $2 million. Even though he did work on the Spy Kids movies, but his first movie was $2 million. So he, he knows how to stretch his budget. And what he did for this film was a lot. First thing was, contrary to what a lot of people believe, most of the sets... Our practical effects he actually built all the little sets he built dr ito's office
1: and visually i think you can tell i think it makes a difference he
0: built the actual rink for the motorball he built the set for the uh for the bar kansas which is where all the hunter warriors like Crazy, hang out.
1: like woohoo i have money let's do this
0: so they made it look really realistic however this is a world populated with cyborgs so there's a lot of mo- motion capture done so he worked with Weta, the people who worked on Lord of the Rings, and how would you say the uh, the CG went in this movie?
1: Stunning. You forget that she's not real.
0: They do... Like,
1: we, like, the rough cuts that we saw early were a little scary. But, like, the actual finished, polished movie is visually stunning.
0: Yeah, the first trailer shows her with her gigantic eyes... And they look very not soulful and you were kind of worried. But then as they've worked on it, they fixed it, they honed it and it looked like the eyes were not much different, but there was a difference in the way that they...
1: There's a warmth to her. Yes. She like has the same visual characteristics as like... They, you know, they put actors through the insaneness of the stuff on their face and all of that. The little dots they, from MoCab. But, but they captured emotion.
0: Rosa Salazar, who played Alita in the movie, she, all of her emotions come through. Her body language, her, the expressions on her face, it worked to an amazing degree.
1: Like I don't want to sound like I'm plugging Pinocchio, but she, like she is a real person. She is a real girl.
0: Yeah, Alita did a great job with that. And the movie's starring, as I said, we said Rose, Rosa Salazar. It's also starring Christoph Waltz, Keenan Johnson, Mahershala Ali, Jennifer Connelly, Ed Screen, Jackie Hurl, Earl Haley in a CGI character. You have, uh, who's the other big one? Uh, Michelle... Michelle Rodriguez is in it, Mm -hmm. and also Casper Van Dien, surprisingly, which that I was—that's out of nowhere. You see, like I know him, and then a little cameo by some actor who no longer works for the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a super like one second and you missed it role. And for the for each of these actors, were very different. Like the heart and soul of this movie is Rosa Salazar. She is perfect as this character she has that willingness to be a badass but she has that very optimistic sensitive and kind of scrappy demeanor about her
1: like even even as a motorball champion she's like still kind of endearing and like there's a humanistic sweetness
0: there's a scene when the she's about to motorball, and she's like, "Hey guys, try to be nice to me, or don't go easy on me." And she has this kind of like, "Okay, I know I'm in trouble, but I'm gonna have fun with it."
1: But I'm probably gonna kill you anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other big actor is Christoph Waltz. He's got a lot of a lot to carry because he's playing Doctor Dyson Edo. Not Di- they changed Daisuke to Dyson. So I'm like, okay, let's take Daisuke and let's make it into a vacuum cleaner da But he does come across as a very good uh, father figure. He has a lot of dialogue with her and it's the interaction works really well. He comes across warm. He does have a little bit of a backstory which was kind of thrown in there, but
1: I think it cleaned up a lot of like you, you can go farther in a book. You can go farther in a manga than you really can in a movie. You know you're so i i think like the edits that they did to the story were applicable
0: the big thing though is that this is focused more on the anime than the manga let's be honest because it follows the anime like they just took the anime the ova and they made that the screenshots because all the little scenes that were in the anime not the manga were in the film even though they they toned it down for a pg-13 rating like you don't see makaku eating brains Instead, you see. Uh, you know what?
1: I'm totally okay with that.
0: Like the one scene that you see online is Makaku killing the dog in Kansas to draw her out. In this, um, in the live action version, the Mokaku character's name is Grishka. You see him going to attack the dog, but it just focuses away, shows Alita's face, and she's horrified. And then you see all the scenes of her There's a little bit using, of blood. The, using the blood to, and it's verbatim to the series. So that, I like that as a little nice touch to it. The other thing that they felt, but it's like Jackie Her- Earl Har- Haley, I can't, I can't pronouncing his name wrong, he is a very good character actor, he's not for his face work, let's be honest, most people won't, like, he's great as Rorschach, he's great as voices menacing, he's just kind of, this is him just completely CG'd as a big hulking monster who's evil, and... But it worked. It worked. Uh, like I said, Christoph Walsh was really cool. The best thing about Christoph Walsh, though, is they kept the freaking rocket hammer, I didn't expect that, and they see what they like. Oh my God! They actually kept the rocket hammer.
1: And just for context, you all, when when you see Zan and panels and everything like that, I want you to know that he was vibrating in his seat when the rocket hammer came out. He was like jumping up and down. No, I was like an eight-year-old no, on birthday cake. No, I
0: was I was more geeking out about her using or Panzer, Panzerkunz. That was no,
1: you saw it, and you're like, that's the rocket hammer! It's the rocket hammer! It's the rocket hammer!" it
0: no, was that? Alright, I'll admit the Mark was cool. I did like her, but... Other thing, I will say in this slight spoiler, they have, because PG-13, they have one use of the word fuck. I think it's the best use of fuck, that word, in it's, any movie.
1: It was very well placed. It's I will say that. Perfect. And you know that I don't swear a lot.
0: Okay. So now back to the other actors. Um, Michelle Rodriguez, you don't even notice it's her unless... She, I wouldn't have known unless I saw it in the credits. She's like a so obscure character that you didn't even notice it. Um, you have uh, Keenan Johnson as Hugo, the love interest, the guy who I said was stealing in the manga, stealing uh, spines. In this one, he's just stealing parts, and it's he's like... okay. He's not great. He could be a little better.
1: No, I think he plays a good first boyfriend.
0: <sighs> but I, I don't know. I just think he's kind of. I couldn't. It was. I thought he did okay. He was all right. Um, Mahersha Ali. He, awesome. He was awesome, but they gave him nothing to work with. He was just there for like four scenes. He had like maybe six minutes in the whole movie. I think, and also the whole twist in the film, we're not going to spoil, but they could have had more to do with him. Now, Jennifer Connelly, on the other hand, she's basically OVA exclusive character. Cheer in. They. Worked it. She was wasted in this. They did not need her at all. They could have taken her out and it would have...
1: Still been okay.
0: It would have streamlined the film just a little bit. Ed Screen as a pan. Well, everyone remembers him as Francis from Deadpool. Um, he's playing the exact same character. He's playing that's that douche, a douchey, smarmy guy that you want to see get the shit beat out of him. And... Yeah. Um, only other character? Oh, that's it. Uh, Oh, Casper Van Dien's just side character. And like we said, the one character, Edward Norton, his character, they... Flash in a pan. Flash in a pan, but more importantly, they tried to to shove him in at the last minute, and they shouldn't have. So, now we've gone over all the cool things with the visuals and with the actors. The plot, as an anime fan, I love it. It's actually one of the most faithful adaptations of a film, of a manga into film, live action film. That being said, though, they kind of went overboard. They took four volumes and they crammed it into two hours.
1: They, yeah, they could have stretched a little bit more,
0: but. They could have had, they could have. They it were was s- so
1: content rich that I didn't want it to end
0: that's the best part they want you to have the sequel and a lot of other reviewers are saying no they they want to push for sequels like yeah because there's a lot of content there's 5 years of stuff there and there's and like so I said, much I like you said
1: you could put so much more into a manga you could put so much more into a book than you can into a movie because you just don't have the same amount of time constraints to have a great like streamlined story so i'm surprised at the amount that they were able to put in
0: they did and it's it was really well done, and as as a manga fan, love it. As an Alita like fan, love it. As a movie fan, it is a little heavy. It's a little packed, and there were areas you could have trimmed the fat a little bit. You could have trimmed the fat, gotten rid of some characters, streamlined it. But I think this was Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron were like, we don't know if we're going to get a sequel. We want a sequel, but if we're not going to get a sequel, we're going to cram in as much shit as we can. You know, we want to get Motorball in there. We want to get uh, her kicking ass in there. We want to to allude to the big bad. That's what we're going to do. And they, I think they succeeded. This film is flawed. But it's an enjoyable film. And I really recommend seeing it. Because if it breaks 500 million, we do get a sequel. And I would love to get a sequel.
1: It's always going to be one of those things where it's, <coughs> the book is better than the movie. But that's like, the book is always better than the movie. Because, again, you can have so much more into it. But I think you have to stop what you're doing right now and go see the movie.
0: Yeah, if you have a chance, go see it. If you've seen it already, see it again. And watch it. For our movie review ratings, which we have not changed. Um, I'm torn. On the one hand, it is the... the Alla me is like really, really, really fucking cool. Really, really, really fucking cool. But the noticeable flaws in it, like I said, there were flaws, makes me want to bring it down to borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered some Damascus steel. Kind of like I'm, I'm on the fence with it. I'm like, I give it a low, really, really, really fucking cool, or a really high, borrow from a friend. I'm thinking. Do I fanboy? Do I not? Do I? Do I not? I'm...
1: I think really, really, really flippin' cool. Like, I'll watch that again. Like, we will own this.
0: Yes, we will. I agree, we'll own this. So, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a low, really, really, really fucking cool because.
1: So, just like really, really.
0: Yeah, really, really fucking cool. It's. It's, it's really good. It just. It barely squeaks by because I'm just. It's not the best thing since uh, Osamu Tezuka first created awesome anime but it's pretty close. As an adaptation it is excellent. Um, It's in my top five live action adaptations for anime. You know that Kenshin's still up there and Kenshin that's a whole odyssey. It's three movies that were amazing and they were set in the right era. And I love that about it. I them.
1: think this is set up for success. I, I think it's... I w-
0: if it gets the sequel, it will get probably is number one. But right now, it's in the top five. Uh, if you agree with us or disagree with us, you can definitely email us. ZanSparkin.com or gmail.com. And uh, if you liked how we did this, if you want us to do more reviews like this, where it's a combination of the motion picture review and the manga review, let us know at Sparker.com. And this is a weird manga review.
1: This is. because it it's a manga movie review. True. It's a movie review.
0: True. Uh, so, manga movie. Because of that reason, I think that we're gonna do something a little bit different in the next episode. But in order to talk about the next episode, we have to talk about the most important thing—the thing that most of you've been waiting for. We're talking about that one, that only the wheel of manga. Yes, friends, the wheel of manga. Except no substitute. What is the wheel of manga? The wheel of manga is an actual wheel of fortune. What color is it?
1: It's blue. It's white. It's black.
0: Yes, and there are ten slots on it. And what we've done is we've assigned a manga title...
1: To each slot.
0: So what happens is we spin the manga wheel, whatever number lands on...
1: That's the one we review.
0: Yes, and this is going to be pretty interesting because in the new episode, we have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six titles on there that have an anime series that is currently being released by the various uh, publishing companies for manga. So if you go to Crunchyroll, Funimation... If you watch it illegally, which we don't even talk about, you'll probably find this. Now, what are the ones that we have on here? Well, first off, we have this one series about these four, five, sorry, five girls, five sisters, Thank you. and this boy who's hired to tutor them. We're talking about quintessential quintuplets. Next, Hooray! next one that we have is this story of a young boy whose dad decided, "I want to get ultimate power, so I am going to sell my son." To demons, and turns out the demons take parts from the boy, and now it's a revenge story based on the Osamu Tezuka work. We're talking about Dororo, the manga. I'm really excited because.
1: Not bloody at all.
0: Vertical Inc. released the whole series originally as two volumes, now there's only one volume. You have this manga about this guy who got killed in a robbery and it, it protected his friend, and instead of saying, Avenge me or remember me, he tells his best friend. Burn my computer so no one finds out what happened.
1: Essentially Why would you do that? Well. Essentially destroy my porn.
0: Yeah. And then because of that, he ends up becoming a slime. Talking about how he resurrected it's a slime. We have the series which is just weird and crazy about a girl who is naked all the time and she talks about how her life sucks or is amazing, depending. Talking about uh ichi which is a really weird series. And then the last one we're going to be talking about, maybe, if we spin it and it lands on it, is this weird, amazing series about hula dancing. Not really. Uh, if you listen to the review we had of our different animes, you'll know about that. So let's spin and see what we're going to review the next episode. I'm kind of excited because we have some great stuff. Also, Kaguya-sama is on there, but the anime series we're going to keep separate for a different episode let's spin and see what we're going to review and Maddie is scared of it
1: survey says survey says number eight
0: number eight so in the next episode we are going back to our old friend the god of manga himself Osamu Tezuka. we're talking about Dororo Woohoo! kind of excited because this is almost we're almost finished with all of the osama stuff at this point that means the only thing we have left is moo um apollo song and some of the more really weird obscure things like Eki Eki chan and things like that um anyway thank you guys for listening we really appreciate it thank you guys for sending us the really cool emails it's actually been uh, uplifting and cool thank you uh Sassmaster Master General, it's good to hear from you again, man. I didn't expect to hear from you, but hope you enjoyed this episode. And I guess that's it. We'll catch you guys next time. We're going to have a bunch of new reviews, new episodes out. And uh, we're going to release some more manga reviews and movie reviews, especially because I think the next thing we're going to be doing for when we bring the movie reviews, motion picture reviews back, totally, is I think we're going to be focusing on films that are heists because they're kind of fun.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: And there are so many to cover, especially because we have a theme month. But we'll talk about that in another episode. So this is your host, Zen. And Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you guys next
1: time.